Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How is everyone tonight? It's Friday, casual Friday on California Haunts Radio. Let me get into my, push my buttons. There we go. Whoa, I even forgot to turn my light on. Look at that. It's been that kind of day. Ah, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour or so. We never know, especially with these shows. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento. I've been doing this for more than 20 years, and uh, we're 35, 45 strong up and down the state. Uh, if you have a paranormal, you think you have a paranormal issue, you can get to, you can get a hold of me via Facebook, uh, private message. I'm, everything's public on Facebook. There's several California Haunts pages. There's CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. You got CaliforniaHaunts.org. All kinds of ways to get a hold of us to get help. Even even on on the, on the next door app if you if you happen to be in in my area. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming tonight. Uh, tomorrow is going to be a special night. Tomorrow, Nancy and I are going to do our first Facebook Live at California Haunts Ghostly Events. It is a special event. Five-minute reading, $10.99. That's all it is, $10.99. So if you want to sign up, and uh, there's only five spots left for that. So get on over there before tomorrow, because I think they'll be filling up. Okay? Uh, that's uh, California Haunts Ghostly Events. Go over there, like the page, and you can sign up for for that special event that Nancy's going to be doing. And that's five minutes one-on-one with Nancy. Okay. And believe me, I know Nancy, you've seen her, you've seen her live here. Nancy can squeeze a lot of info in in five minutes, you know, boom, boom, boom. So you're going to get your, you're going to get your money's worth tomorrow night. Okay. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming. And we got a topic tonight. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, We do have some videos that go with that topic, but I'm, but unfortunately I didn't get in here till 615 because I was, busy with some other projects. So what I'm going to do is take links to those videos. And I'm, when I update the website after I do the show with this show, I'm going to go ahead and add links over there so you guys can check them out. Okay. Because there's links that are related to what Nancy's going to be talking about tonight that we can put in there. Anyway, thanks everybody. Last night, <laughs> we went a long time last night. Last night was scary. Last night was scarier than I thought it was even going to be scary. <laughs> It shook me. In fact, you guys were so funny last night because towards the end, when the gentleman was talking about people that had been, you know, attacked by whatever that was, I was thinking the same thing you guys were. You know, am, am I gonna am I protected here? <laughs> Even in, doing the interview, so my thoughts were going the same way yours were last night. Trust me, but uh, it all worked out, and hopefully, everything worked out for everybody else who listened in last night. <laughs> I thought we'd take that thing. I'm not going to joke about it because who knows it, you know. Okay. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so Nancy's with us tonight and we're going to be talking about death. We're going to be talking about what the dying process is, what happens after you die. What happens Look at that. My internet just slowed down and my head was getting wonky. It's going to be like that, huh? It's going to be like that tonight. Okay. I think I, I think I had a note Xfinity's doing maintenance on 
the uh, internet lines and everything because I think people were complaining. So they, they, I, I did get a note somewhere along the line that said they were doing some heavy maintenance and it might affect the performance of the internet. Well, last night, then, you know, now, now I'm getting herky-jerky. But anyway, I want to welcome you guys, and hopefully you'll join us tomorrow. There's only, like I said, there's only five spots left for that special event. That'll be at 7 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. And uh, just go on over there, California Haunts Ghostly Events, right? If you're watching from YouTube, please uh, please subscribe. There's a little guy down there in the bottom right-hand corner with a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes hat on. That's how you subscribe. You click on that, and you get to subscribe. News is... The 23rd of June is going to be our 200th show. So we're going to have some interesting things for the 23rd of June. we got some plans, okay? We might hold off till the 24th because Nancy and I were talking about, I might hold off till the 24th. I think we just might celebrate the 200th show on the 24th because, Na because Nancy wants to be involved and we want to have a nice little celebration thing for this. So I think that's what we're going to do. So the official anniversary is the 23rd. We're going to celebrate on the 24th. Okay. Anywho, anyhow, anywho, anywho, who, who. It must be casual Friday. I have found a shirt. Remember, I was telling you guys I was looking for a ghostly Hawaiian shirt. I did it, but it's going to cost me. So I have to save up for it. There's a 50th anniversary Disneyland Haunted Mansion Hawaiian shirt that's in circulation. You only get it on eBay. So I'm going to be saving up for that. So, that, you know, eventually on these casual Fridays, I'll be sitting here in my, my, my 999 Happy Haunts Aloha shirt. Okay, anyway, all the BS is over. Without further ado, let's bring Nancy in. <laughs> I'm trying to envision Disneyland Haunted House Hawaiian shirt. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> it took forever to find it. And apparently when they had the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion, they created this Hawaiian shirt. But they're like, I'll tell you, they're like 120 bucks on eBay. So it's going to oh, take there's got to be something better than that. I'm moving it's this. Take over, me a while. But... Well, there's another one that's a Halloween one that's got Frankenstein and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of wanted, I kind of wanted the, the ghost from the haunted mansion. I was going to say ghosties. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's ghosties, and it's, it's it's all the ghosts, you know, all the ghosts you see when you go through the ride in the haunted mansion. You know, that makes me remember. I I don't think most people know that you created T-shirts at one time. And I still have those. And then when I was touring the uh, giving tours to the Sacramento City Cemetery for six years, they did develop and promote T-shirts to be purchased. And I have those also. You know, it's going to be kind of kind of cool, but you know, you only can get it from up here. From yeah, <laughs> I have them for those. You know, I actually have them for the radio show. Ooh, I created promote one. those, honey. <laughs> the logo that's behind me is on is, is on the back of the shirt. Okay, yeah, yeah. But you know, and then it's got all the other stuff on the front. So, so yeah, I've also got get this guys, California Haunts sunglasses. Uh, so you can wear the shirt, wear the hat, wear sunglasses, and go out to the beach. So we're gonna sit here with glasses on with a t-shirt. People <laughs> <laughs> say that's not Nancy, she doesn't dress like that, but it's fun, you know. I, I was uh, thinking, you know, if I ever went to Disneyland because I, I would broadcast, I'm supposed to go in February in honor of Monica. Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. thought, I'm, I'm going to broadcast live for you guys. California Haunts Radio Ooh. is going to broadcast from Disneyland. We're going to do it just like the streamers on, you know, TikTok. <laughs> and hope to God we don't lose you guys. But we're going to do this just like, you know, all day long. And I thought, you know, I got the colors. And I'm thinking, well, what kind of Mickey Mouse ears? Everybody <laughs> has Mickey Mouse ears. 
So I was trying to like figure out the Mickey Mouse ears. And I thought, you know what I'd have to get because of my colors? I would have to get the regular standard Mickey Mouse ears from like the old days because they're red and black. I, I didn't know they even sold those still. I guess so, right? Yeah, but, because even... the logo behind Mickey, the color behind Mickey is red. Okay, okay. So I'll have to re- slap on top of, you know. It's not something I look up every day, but I have, <laughs> I hate to admit, I have great grandchildren, you know. I'm, already, I'm listening to these guys over there and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do you have your internet so good? How do you keep your phones charged up? You know, so I'm writing all this stuff down. So when I do go, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go live. Well, one yeah. of these days you and I talked about hitting the road and doing yes. on the spot, um, gruesome, crazy, spooky yes. location. Do that? Yes, yes. Um, you know, so. It's all in preparation. So whatever I buy for this Disneyland trip will go towards that because um, there's several ways I can have extra power for my phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's these tubes that I've really read, kind of you investigated. Know, you up or you can just buy these things that, that, that charge up at night that'll give you like all this extra power. So I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. All, all, all oh, I'd like to know that. Yeah. So I'm I'd trying like to figure to. all this stuff out because there's these things you can buy and I forget what they're called and they have like like these machines at Disneyland where you can exchange them. It's kind of like when you you buy your barbecue gas and you pay you, you pay the yeah. $20 or $25 for the barbecue gas cell and mm-hmm. then you just trade them out to get more gas. It's one of these okay. things and they're free. I don't so know about that either. Yeah, so you plop this thing in and it gives, you, it, it gives you a charged up one and you plug it into your phone. But I'm trying to find the most efficient one. That's going to give you the most. Yeah, I'm all about power. That's how I do everything. I can even hear if I can We'll talk off the air. Power, let's you know. let's get this going yeah, here. Anyway. Everybody. anyway. So that's it. So eventually I will have, it's going to be like $130. I will have my Haunted Mansion Aloha shirt after all the searching. Oh my so gosh. Fridays. That's just amazing. Um, you know, this is a topic and I go to a place of, I started out in this world seeing my dead father when I was six. Yes. And then years go on and I was exhibiting all kinds of strange abilities and uh, the first murder I predicted was in 84. It's a long time ago, everybody, <laughs> you know, but I predicted it to a friend that there would be a death in her family that night and that she would end up paperwork. And there was a murder in her family that night. Her mother's sister killed her husband. And of course I did that in front of a group of people. And we worked for Pacific Bell Engineering in Auburn, California. And I had walked in casually, and this little girl was barely 100 pounds, very, very petite, very little. Hello, what, what do you want? And we did business, and I walked away, and I came back. And, and for some reason, that was something that stayed with me. Like, how could I do that? And how would I know that? And why am I getting that? And that kind of propelled me to want to find answers. Well, unfortunately, four years later, I did get cancer, and I was going to die. You know, I was three plus. And they said if I'd waited six months, it would have been terminal. I was really ill. And, and those kind of things move us to re-identify ourselves. Uh, six months later, I got divorced. A year and a half later, by the way, you're going to live. Yay. And that night, that day, I, I wanted answers. And I realized that you can go and do your life and not be oblivious to the surroundings. Mm-hmm. But when somebody has that moment when you're questioning everything. It was like, I got divorced because I knew I was not the person I was meant to be. And that necessarily is either one of our faults. We got married 19 to 20. What do you know about life? And so it, you know, in 88, um, I got divorced after the cancer in 87. 
And then a year and a half later, I said to God, hey, there must be more than this. If you'll keep me alive, and that's on my website, you can see this. If you keep me alive, <laughs> thank you for your life and my sanity. And if you wish I worked for you, that's my life. And I, I didn't know what that meant. And uh, I was headed home and <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I'm old guys. And Sunrise built, uh, Mall hadn't been too new. And in the 90, uh, it was the place to shop. Nowadays, you go four or five miles in any direction, you can find a mall to shop at. But in those years, no. And so I went to Sunrise Mall thinking I was really going to get into it. Yeah, I'm going to celebrate. How, how does a woman celebrate? We go shopping, not necessarily to buy, but to be out, not to be confined. And I had just gotten off work. And, and then I was told to leave. And I ended up following their direction. And what did that mean? Like, like are we just puppets in this world? It's blah, 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 on and on. And I ended up at the Spiritualist, uh, Spirit of Grace Church um, on Sunrise Boulevard. It was the universal Christ of the master. And that was the beginning of the rest of my life. It was Friday, May 4th. We just passed it a month ago and they were doing psychometry. And that amazed me because as the pastor was getting information, so was I. And I went, ah, you know me, I'm very like, I can't believe it. I still do that. I can't I mean, I said that. Wow. Well, it's not really me. It's kind of, and I'm just a voice for it. So I read the eight people that night. And within a month to two months, I had 30 to 50 people every Friday night. Hmm. And I worked there for 15 years. I did have a break in there because of life got in the way. Uh, I moved up to Polly Pines. It was all easy. But within a month, two months, was the first time I started witnessing spirit people. <clears throat> and then I said, hmm, okay, we do survive. How is that process? And and if we survive, how can I prove it to myself and everybody else? Well, that thought kicked in even stronger. And the first time I noticed it was a blonde lady in her 50s, um, not recently widowed, but enough that she, not long enough that she was recovered. You never recover losing a spouse. And she was sitting there with me and she had the most beautiful uh, blonde white hair. It was just full um, it's funny, I can't remember her name, but it might have been Mary or Marilyn or something, and just flawless, light-colored skin with this blonde hair all over the place. And I was just funny how you can remember that moment, something spectacular happens. And she says, I, I'm missing my husband. And and up to that point, I was describing people, but not in a um in a manner that I'm going to tell you. So People say, watch your eyes, they change. So I, as in a memory, I can remember seeing this man in the trophy room, you know, the, with the animals. And he was standing there and what a proud, beautiful man he had been. Looked like early death in his 50s. I'm not going to project what it is. It could have been anything. In those years, people died from things we, we cure now. So it was unfortunate. So if it was um, 1990 that this happened, May 1990, so I was working telephone company. This was at night. Um, and so it was a Friday night. And I saw this visual of this man. He was standing very, it was a room, just like you'd walk into a room. And I said, well, how's that? He's a dead man. And I'm like, how do they create space like that? But what was t amazing to me was a wicker basket that you can buy it. Oh, I don't know. Is um, some of those import export stores. You can get the wicker I don't pour, hear one is that even open anymore. Do they have the same stores? It was a, a slim young woman. And I described her. 
and she gave me a message for her mom of, of longing to have been be with her again and she missed her and all this and she woman just blah, 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 in front of everybody in in the world and we all went like do you jump up and and you give somebody a hanky what do you do and she had never told anybody that she had a daughter that committed suicide like 20 years old and she showed up in this vision for the man so in reality she wasn't asking about her husband she wanted to know if I could pick up the daughter and she admitted that to us. No, I'm going to get all, I don't know, get like that because it was so impactive to me that this woman's life had changed that night that here, this <laughs> me <laughs> just duh, doing what I do. And, uh, and this woman didn't put so much power to me as hope, the grief, the yearning, the wanting, of knowing the survival. Oh, so you picked up the husband. Yeah, but what about the daughter? And she didn't lend this, this conversation to that. And uh, the pastors, Ken and Ollie Keck, um, they didn't know. No one knew that her daughter had committed suicide. And that really got me. It really got me because I could have died. I could have died. And would I have been someone else's vision? And so... After that, I started getting clients where people were going to die. And another one that showed up very soon after that, within a couple of years, was a grandmother. And, um, gee, I can't remember that the daughter came with her. And I don't think so. I think she brought a girlfriend. And she said, I have a granddaughter who's very ill. And I'm not asking you if she's going to live or die. But I really want to know what a turning point is for her. And I said, the second week in February, I think it's going to be February 7th or 8th something like that. Well, the daughter, the granddaughter died on February 7th. And it made me wonder, how can I know that? How can, how can, or why was I given that? Well, her spirit would allow me to, because it wasn't like she could stop it, but she wanted to be braced for it. And then I started realizing that it wasn't the first time. And I can tell stories, you know, all night long, there's enough air in my body sometimes to tell the stories in which I will do eventually for my own uh, YouTube channel of all these stories of unbelievable synchronous situations that is already locked in time that these things have to happen. Please don't call me and moan and groan that you lost somebody and it's it can't possibly be um, locked in time. I don't know. I, I want to share something with you that I don't talk about too often. Uh, my daughter was three. I was pregnant with my son about three, four months. And those who are in Sacramento Valley will remember this. And it was just, takes my breath away. My sister wanted to go to a fabric store all the way down to uh, Fruit Ridge and Florin. You know what the old airport is, right? And before we went to the fabric store, she says, Vera's oh, ice cream parlor. And my little daughter, three years old, oh, yeah, let's get ice cream, right? And so I walked in and to the counter was a little boy and a girl, younger kids. And the boy was quite tall and the girl was very blonde. Just typical cute teenage kids making extra money. To my right was a birthday party. We had picnic tables and they were all full and there was balloons and decorations and it was just fun. So the kids took us to the end of that aisle and to the left, we were the first table where they thought my daughter could watch the birthday party. She put her on a chair right there. 
my back was to the birthday party. My sister was looking at the birthday party. And we ordered the ice cream. And before the ice cream came to me, I had such a sense of dread. And I have to share with you, my first husband was not reckless, but he would get injured. And I thought, oh my God, I have this terrible feeling. And I think maybe I better home because he got a splitter in the eye once. He broke his arm once. He, you know, he had these, these <laughs> you're working around vehicles all the time. Things happen, you know, and I don't know what convinced me to do that. And I told Jenny, uh, told my, uh, my sister, I said, we got to get out of here. And she said, well, we're not done. I says, I don't care if this something's really wrong, really wrong. And I left. Guess what happened? That was the Pharaoh's ice cream parlor accident where a plane crashed in the building. I was halfway between that restaurant and the freeway. And my daughter's, I have a Volkswagen. I've always had a Volkswagen. No seatbelts in those years. So a three-year-old bouncing in the back seat, duh, you know. And she's looking out the window and she goes, oh, oh. And I looked behind me. I couldn't believe I pulled over. What is that? It had to be a fire or something. It couldn't be important. But halfway home on the freeway, the radio said, terrible, terrible event. And I had a lady write me a note after I wrote an article about it. How come if that was so strong with you that you didn't warn everybody in there? I'm not supposed to. How could I possibly pick up something so disastrous when it hadn't happened yet? To me, that's planned. If it isn't planned, then I wouldn't have picked up anything at all. How would I know something as disastrous as that? Well, this lady, if she, you know, in the audience, let me know how you're doing. It's all been a lot of years. And uh, the fireman's son, a fireman, a volunteer, brought his son to that. And they helped pile it out of the plane. And there was a couple other uh, clients of mine that were involved with that. And I, I realized afterward, they talked to me about the impact of them, how their lives changed so drastically. And I really am making a point, you guys, just stay with me maybe a little longer tonight. <laughs> and it was a planned event. We can't stop death and we can't stop who lives. But someone like me, and that was pretty early, uh, that was um, 73, 72 or 73. That was a long time before I got into this, when it occurred to me that maybe we don't have control but I had picked up not that one, but also but other things. And I didn't know how to control it, nor would I know today. If I was going to do a lecture, or talk, which I've done so many, right? What if I walked into the place and had that sense of dread? Microphone, turn everybody around and look and listen. We're going to evacuate the building. Nancy has a bad feeling. Ain't going to happen, everybody. It's just not going to happen. And no one wants to ex exit this life and this flesh and this feeling and this heat and uh, hot coffee. Oh, yes, my captain. I'm caffeinated. <laughs> oh, shoot. Anyway, we, we have to get to a place before I start talking about something serious, more serious. We have to get to understanding that you've chose to be who you are. And how many, I'm going to just write, lightly cover this, how many of you ladies and gentlemen, women would say, gee, I find myself buying things for the house to nest. I'd like to have a baby. I'm going to plan now, even though it's going to be a year out. Or the husband says, or man says, mom, dad, I think I'm going to get married. This time I have children. Or they have the urge to want more children. 
or you have a feeling that your life is incomplete, guess who's telling you that? The spirit, the child that's going to be born. They know exactly when it's going to happen. And they are either asleep and surrounding you or like on the channel for YouTube, LMN. You go to Ghost in My Child. And the one I particularly like is a little boy who said, I came down and I followed you around all the time. I knew I wanted you to be my mom. Hmm, let's let's think about that. So he already knows this one particular child knows that he's gonna he's chosen the mama. And his comment to her was, This is very emotional. I love all these stories. Are are you gonna let me live this time? Am I gonna get to live? The last mommy I had, I couldn't live. And she said, as a healing process. I'm going to let you live. I'm going to love you and hug you and you're going to get to grow up. And he was very happy. How is that possible? Let's go to the next step then. So someone will get pregnant and they know immediately this is going to be a boy or girl. So I had a girl first. My husband would accept it. In those years, we didn't have sonograms. Nothing girl for the shower. Guess what? I had a girl. I knew that. The second one, I was not even pregnant where you could identify it. And I told my husband, I says, uh, we've made a baby and it's a boy. How's that possible? It was because his spirit told me he was coming. You don't have to join with the mother immediately. Absolutely not. Uh, Black Eagle Drive, little house I purchased, um, first house after my divorce. Took me a couple of years, kind of. I was still sick, you know, how you have to recover. And uh, so I bought this cute little thing on Black Eagle Drive. And um, I walked out of the house one day to take the garbage can. And just as I was halfway from the curb to the house, I was walking from the house to the curb, I was blown over kind of like that because the spirit whooshed through me. And I stood there and I went, <laughs> what was that? I mean, it almost knocked me over right through my torso, like that. Just like you could do a ghost investigation, you have that electrical charge, you go like that. I had it from here, right into the house next door. There was this cute little Chinese, Japanese couple, Chinese, I don't know, just cute little peoples. And I remember thinking, I haven't seen them for a while. They're going to have a baby. Well, about a month later, she comes out and she's got this big old watermelon right in front of her wrong sex. I picked the different, I thought it was a different sex going into the child, to the mama. So that now relative, I suspect being as she's 85 pounds, if she's five or six months, she's going to look more. So I kind of get the impression that spirit can wait until a little later in the pregnancy, but the mother knew to get pregnant anyway, because she knew it was coming. If it's sooner, then right away, you're going to start feeling like there's something missing in your life or you're supposed to have a child or you, something will happen. Some people never get that feeling. This life is for them alone, but other people have the sense that maybe they, they need to have that child. There was never anything in my world that said you shouldn't have children. We were Catholic. Absolutely. But I waited for a while, but then that urge came over us and we waited a whole year before we did decide to have a child, but I felt like it was important to have a child. And when my daughter was born in 69, it was like, I knew it. I just knew 
that she needed to be here. And I felt the same about my son. And so I had a sense, maybe they visited me. So we're kind of going, kind of building up to something of acceptance, kind of going to a place of realizing that maybe the path we chose and the people we're supposed to be with is exactly right. And I got to tell you, I can do this for myself. I cannot do this for myself. I cannot read my husband or life. I have as much trouble as everybody else. Once in a while I get hit on things that are not important in the moment because I'm invested with myself and my husband. Now what's crazy, because I do this all the time, I married this man who had been a widower. He'd just been widowed two years earlier and he was seeking people like me to get some answers. He's what we call a, um, a man as a cooler personality. And sometimes he can read us where I cannot. Crazy. You think I could invest myself with this gift? Heck no. Ooh, I almost slipped, honey. <laughs> no. How frustrating. Because it's not meant to be that way. Maybe sometimes what we predict for others, it's what it was Cyclops is a singular eye. God, he said to people, God gave me the gift of prophecy, but the only thing I could prophesize is my own death. Ooh, ooh. You know, so sometimes it's not always a gift. I've had trouble with this over the years. And uh, yet I knew the things that were dramatic in my life, I was directed. The people who lost were lost to me happened. And the people that came without my knowing they would show up came and it felt right. So sometimes I tell my clients, my students, test yourself all the time. Build up your intuition by asking questions. Does this feel right to start today or tomorrow? And ask all the time until you start getting used to that shift in energy. No, no, don't go today. What you want is going to be not going to be there. Not going to be there. And then you have feel that hesitant, so you follow through. And then the time is you'll get nothing or it feels right. And you go into town and you meet your old friend you haven't seen in 30, 40 years. It's, there's a line where you follow where you can go. Because when we talk about death, and, and I chuckle because it's now my favorite topic. And at this age, <laughs> I'm looking at it closer and closer, you know. And, and at some time, it is the most energizing part of what I do. Yes, there's questions that predicted. I mean, I get questions on every life situation possible. And I do a lot of business, which is not what I do. I use my intuitiveness, which is nothing to do with the spiritual. But when it comes to dying, I see that as a magic moment of release of the confines of the boundaries of our flesh. And I've had a lot of spirit people tell me, I'm, I'm very happy. And the person will say, oh, they were miserable in life. Well, can you imagine not having the confines of life restrict you? How many times you've heard of somebody say, um, colors over here are magnificent. All knowledge in the world is given to me. Yet, when you look at the cosmos, you know, the TV shows where they show where the earth is and the, and the sun, we're, we're not even something that, that small compared to the size of the sun, which is this big. How is it possible that we can be here? And where in the Dickens is heaven situated? And where is it? And what dimension and what vibration is it? Well, when I do a reading, I'm, I'm calm now. So I, had, I had a little coffee. I'll own that. <laughs> I did have dinner. But this excites me so much that most people 
that talk to me. I'm at a different energy level, but I'm very calm in my world, in my life. I'm not a talkative, crazy woman. This does it to me. This gets me energized because it's absolutely amazing that we live life with a plan, a storyline we've already planned. Hard. I don't want someone to write me and say, well, I've had this wrong. I've had it hard. Don't tell me what's hard for you. My father got killed by a drunk driver when I was six. Just a start. I've had some really serious illnesses and inherited them legitimately from an aunt. And my grandmother, who's American Indian, got black hair, dark hair and dark eyes here. Um, she was pretty healthy. And so this came from maybe my mother's father's side of the family. But there was some serious stuff in my life. And I go, Whew, wow, that didn't feel good. But what did I learn from it? Am I missing something? Am I, am I supposed to reevaluate the time, the days, the hours, the breaths I have left? Am I supposed to get more out of this or dedicate myself or teach more, talk more? Well, I'm teaching and talking more because I love this and I want you to love it. So I'm kind of creeping up to where we're going to talk about dying. <laughs> I want I want to, there's so many. So on nancymats.com and the next week or so, it's going to look different. I'm starting to move it over to another site. So I'm going to kind of clean it up a little bit. I've had that same website, believe it or not, everybody's going, well, of course it looks like it since 96. I have 50 some pages. And if you want to read a lot, I have probably 10 pages of testimonials of unbelievable things I've done. No, I've not done filter through me. I don't own this. I can just do this. My father had it. His mother had it. Her mother had it. And uh, my grandmother was born to a woman midlife. And they lived in way up in New York state where the Fox sisters were. So she was born 1901. Fox sisters were around the same time. Saturday night entertainment was table, table tipping. So the women where the men had a quartet they were furriers, and I never really understood what that was. I think it's you bring the furs into the city, and then you fix them, and you sell them to the store. Never sure what that was, but they were furriers. <laughs> Fur. So the quartet was a group of the same men, and they would entertain people's homes on the weekend. Well, guess what? The women would sit around the table, four or five of them sit around the table with their fingertips on it, and they'd be lifting them up all night and getting rapids from spirit people. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun to be a fly on the wall and watch all these women go, oh, let's lift this table up. <laughs> so anyway, I, I on my website, um, I have a, a couple places. I, I really can't remember what is a list of uh, movies that I recommend. There have been a while since I posted, but a lot of older movies, a lot of books, um, and most of them I've read. And after a while, I'd like to read them again. Do I have enough life in me? I have thousands of books. I love books. I like TV. Some of the movies out now are spectacular. I just watched another one. Um, oh, the young lady that played Buffy. What What is her name? Did anybody know? Anyway, she was in a movie called Possession, where she had married a man. He had a brother that was kind of like not a bad, a good guy. And one is racing in town. The other was racing to the house. And they crashed into each other and the husband got into a coma and the brother appeared to have taken switch spirits with the man 
It was called possession. Anybody write that in the room who it was? Um, I'm not good. I don't watch enough TV to remember these people, but she played Buffy, the vampire slayer, just a darling little girl, blonde girl. And, um, uh, and so the question of what soul was where and which one had destiny to be with her forever. If you find that, you'll, you'll really get it. So I was just writing notes today and I want to just bring you up a couple things. For us, my age and older, um, I did watch these, but they weren't of my <laughs> my mother's generation, was Topper. And uh, Topper was about um, a man and wife and they had money. It was kind of like in those years, you watch a movie to be entertained and it was usually affluent. And so um, Carrie, I think it was Cary Grant and he and his wife crashed the car. Yes. And all of a sudden they're out of the car looking around. They don't realize they're dead yet. Like, oh no, what did we do? And they sit on the log talk. Well, we got ourselves in a big mess. And believe it or not, I've seen that happen. Am I dead? So in some of the notes I've written down here, the one of the things I'm going to approach is, is that people come out of their body and go, oh, <laughs> am I dead? They don't even know it. They don't realize it. They find their body and they're in distress. That happens very rarely. But I've seen car accidents where the impact has thrown the spirit out of the body. So do you remember Dr. Strange? And he has a car wreck and he ruins his hands. He's a surgeon. He goes to the far east and he meets this monk, a woman monk with a shaved head. And she's getting really pissed off at him. And she goes, kaboom, against his flesh. And guess what happened? His spirit left the body and she travels him through the universe and through the sky. And, and it was the first time that he ever come to grips of being a surgeon, saving people's lives and not believing in survival. He had a really rude awakening, didn't he? The other one that I really, I didn't hold back from mentioning this, but clearly it's one of my ones I make reference to a lot. And I know Patrick Swayze in Ghost. How many saw Ghost? How many remember when he left his body and had been shot and he was so dismayed. So some of the comments were, uh, let's see here, where are my notes here? I got so many notes. I try to do it for an hour. You know, it's kind of like, um, I know. Uh, sometimes you're confused when you first leave the body. If it's a dramatic exit, I'll call it that better than something else. And no matter where it is or what it is, if it's dramatic and unexpected, a lot of times you go out of your body and go, ah, what happened? And they don't even know they did. They didn't feel the pain. They didn't. It was kind of like a shock. And so you immediately go in denial. So the movie, Just Like Heaven, look that one up. And it's about a, 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 surge, a, a doctor. And Reese Weatherspoon plays that role. And she's going to go on a date and she has to work late and it's raining and she's not paying attention. And guess what? She gets hit by a truck. She doesn't know it, doesn't think it, doesn't feel it, nothing. Until her apartment is rented. So that gentleman moves in and all of a sudden she shows up and all that time is missing. Does that happen? I'm not sure. But it, it reflects that attitude of denial, you can't be talking to me about this, I can't possibly be dead. So 
in the last part of the movie, I'm trying not to give it away, but it's it's a cute chick flick movie. Please watch it. Find it. <laughs> YouTube it. <laughs> I believe I saw it on there. Uh, movies and it's free. It's not a rent or buy. So at the end of the movie, he knows that the plug is going to be called. Call the doctor and they have to pull the plug. She's been in a coma for three months of which she's in total denial. You mean that's me in that bed? Oh, no. And then it finds out the doctor comes around surgeon and he talks to the sister and says, you know, we have to do this because she wrote, we have to fill out all this doctor's end of life uh, directive. And she did not want to be on a, what they call a respirator or anything. She wanted normal death. And so she tells this man that she's crazy about, which I've forgotten his name because I don't watch these shows enough to remember them. And she realizes I'm going to pull the plug and I'm going to be in and I can't be with you. So when you're watching the movie, she shows up in the apartment over and over and over. This is my apartment. What are you doing? It's denial, denial, and then acceptance when she sees her own body. So what I found curiously is that she tries to get back in the body. I've seen that a lot. When people die and they don't want to be dead, they try to get back in the body. And once that's severed, no, you cannot. Now, take that back. Before the last breath and your body's dying, I have seen people go back in their body and stay. But then they come out again because the body's so damaged. It's not meant to be that way. If you go into a body, and this is very simple because I'm talking about some people in particular, and I, I'm not going to try to give too much away because it's not fair. So if you witness the death of somebody, and you say, no, 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 no. And that spirit is in denial. What happened? What happened? What happened? They try to get in the body and the body collects itself and says, okay, I'm not going to die, but the body cannot survive the accident. You will see that person die over again, two or three times. And I've talked to a lot of people. And I remember just recently, um, I was watching this man float above his body while he was in a semi-coma. And he really didn't want to leave that body. He was trying to stay in the body. And so when they called him, again, I try not try to be careful not to give away because these are recent readings. And and I said to the the woman talked to me, it was the daughter, I believe. Uh, he tells me that he tried to stay in and he had three of two events after he died. So he had three heart stop events. And, and it's not meant to be. He's not meant to stay there. And I says, he said, I'm sorry I couldn't stay, but I couldn't make it stay. I couldn't make it happen. So I want you to know that I was watching you. I wanted to stay, but it was my time. I had to say my father, my mother was there in the room with me yelling at me. You can't stay here. You're going to go with us this time. And I just want you to know I tried. And that's exactly what she wanted to know. She wanted to know how badly did he really want to stay. And I told him. And I just virtually described the mother and father. You know how many cultures are in the world? I can't tell different cultures, but I can tell ways people look. And if I describe mother and father, I mean, you could be adopted and have a mother and father under five foot. Or you could be very small, small people, just genetically have a mother and father five or six feet tall. I mean, very tall. And I always seem to be able to say who greeted somebody by visual. I'm not going to try to pick up, oh, mother's there. And, but I could say, oh, mother, father. And the people go, oh, that's nice. That's nice. But then I add, 
they look like this. And Professor Gary Swartz, who tested me double blind study, he says, I've not known anybody that gives that kind of visual. You must be an artist. And I said, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I studied, my father was a commercial artist. It was my mother. I have the gift, not enough time. I would like to again. I did spirit drawings at one time. That was a show that she did. It was a lot of fun, but it's time consuming. Very time consuming. Just, <clears throat> so, you know, real quick, something I found with this with this with the death process too is that you think it's going to be scary when you die, um, but I'm, like you, you you had your some people get aha moments like like you had your aha moment. I had an aha moment. Mm-hmm. I was driving on the I was driving on an icy icy highway. Car went into a spin. Mm. I thought it was right at where the part of Tahoe there where it's the most canyony. Of course. So and what, the car hit it, car hit it, and there were snowbanks, so I didn't know there was a a, 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 a thing along that side, right? So uh-huh. the first thing I'm thinking is I'm going to go through the snowbank. So I yeah. braced myself in the car, and then you know after after that initial terror. The first thing I thought was, well, it's going to be a great view. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, that's the first thing I thought. It's going to be a great view. And then I was calm. Great. We're going to sail in the air. And yeah, it didn't matter anymore. I was going to have this great view going down, you know. But, oh, yeah, but, but there, was a, the, there was a middle thing there. My mother went through the same thing. We, uh, we were out boating. And the boat was going to hit this other boat because it, it had stalled. And so she jumped out in the undertow and the river got her. Mm-hmm. And she got sucked and she got sucked in. Oh, oh. And when she came up, she said, you know, she said, honestly, she said, I got pulled under. And she said, I didn't care. It was, oh, well. There's a, a sense of peacefulness and calmness that comes over people. I've heard that over and over. People have had close calls. I think I said on your show, I was also involved in a, what they call the whiteout. And between Placerville and Pollock Pines, it was that whiteout where I hit the curve and I always, I really apologize. She was a uh, American Idol winner, um, and she wrote the song uh, "Jesus Hold the Steering the Steering Wheel" or something. That happened to me. I was holding on the steering wheel, and something said, "Let go." I let go, and my car hit a curb and bounced. If I'd been holding on, and it was slow motion, and it was quiet. You know what it sounds like the, in the snow? Well, there's no. It was whiteout, but it's the same thing. Deadly quiet. Mm-hmm. And there was peacefulness. And I've had a lot of spirit people say to me, I felt nothing. Car accident people go, it was a shock of being all of a sudden something else. Yeah. And so I'm going to stay with that. If you're in a flesh dying of a condition, totally different story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when people say, hey, give me the morphine. I don't want to feel that. Put me to sleep. Let's do this. And I've heard a couple of people who wanted to personally know people who hurried it. They're not going to wait around. Why not? What difference does a week or a month mean? If you get over there, you get over there and stop the family from grieving to that extent. My focus tonight is a high level of grief in the unexpected death. When you have an expected, um, (laughs) I did my hair, expected death, you have time to grieve. And uh, I've had a few men that maybe didn't have the best relationship. The wife gets sick and it's going to die and they die. And I, I said to them, you, you made it up to her. You said, you're sorry. That's fine. You've grieved all this time. 
so when they die, they feel so guilty. But in reality, it was meant to be that way for them to have that moment, aha moment. I better make it up to her. I better apologize better because that woman is going to be gone and I mistreated her. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes a planned death, I don't want it myself. I have cancer. I've had, you know, what's going to come back, you know, what's going to happen. And I've had other conditions that affect my body. So I could have this and this and this and this kind of instead of a good boat, I got a rowboat here, keep going, <laughs> chugging along. And we don't want to go that way. We want it fast. But the people who are left behind have the higher degree of grief because they can never speak to that person. So they come to me and they say, uh, I'm really sorry. I'm going to, and their spirit people will come, will approach me and say, I wanted them here. So I made them think of you. Oh my God, that's happened so many times because I can describe the person they're talking to. And I can tell them what that man or woman is saying to the best of my ability. Mm -hmm. I've kind of, for if you are so visual like me, then sometimes you don't hear it as well as you want. Oh, I got something sickle here. But I still can hear and I hear good enough. And they'll show me pictures. Or want, I want you to think of this. And, and people call me and they'll say, you know, three, four, five days ago, I was really depressed. I was thinking of you. And then they'll come. And of course, I can feel them. Oh, I'm depressed. And I go, you know, it wasn't you that wanted you to talk to me. It was the spouse or person you want to talk to. Because I had a sense of that person in my house already. And they'll show up immediately. And it's amazing to me that we're always shaking hands with the other side. They're always aware. That movie, um, Robin Williams. Um, what dreams may come. It come. That's a good example of grieving. When she went to the cemetery after he was buried, remember the two children got hit by a car. And then unfortunately there had been a car wreck in a tunnel. And being a doctor, he went to help this lady. And then he was hit. And so something they point out to me, it's like I get these little tidbits, and but everybody tells me a similar thing. Sometimes if you're grieving so badly, they won't come around. They'll stay away so that their energy is not in your space because you'll then you'll grieve two and three times more. Sometimes they'll they'll give you um, a sign, and people say butterflies, light, rainbows, whatever. Synchronicity. That person will know that means something to you, and they'll direct you to make sure that you see it if that mean is meaningful to you. But as a spirit person, for Robin Williams, he went up to his wife grieving at his grave, tried to hug her tight. He was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, which was a level of grief. Put that with the level of grief she's having, and it was tremendously overwhelming. So I tell my clients, pick a place in the house, a corner, somewhere, and have all the things that you would grieve. Put a shrine in the house for that person. Do not grieve in every room. Because that spirit people person doesn't want to visit you. But if you're grieving continually in every space of your house, that bellows off of you and collects in every room of your house. Mm -hmm. And then you'll walk by and, you know, I know there's terminology, but the clump of grief from yesterday is still hanging in the air. I tell people after grief, after tremendous loss, rearrange your furniture, break up the energy. 
But if you go and put it in a space where you go in there, you're cooking dinner, you can't handle it, you go in there and you cry in front of the spine, then that spirit person will know, oh, she's in the kitchen, but she's not grieving because she would do it in the other room. You set up a pattern of acceptance. I can feel you now because when I grieve, I go in there. Remember how I heard that? And I know I've talked to moms who've lost children. Absolutely, it's hard. But do you want some of your child's in every room so that you can't even function? You have to heal because you're not meant to be there with them yet. You have still a, a, a something you're supposed to do. And I addressed this the other night, and I think it was Char Show, um, people who commit suicide. If they commit suicide, then it was meant to be. But how many people have talked to or seen on TV or clips here and there, they didn't die tremendous damage on their body. You know why? Because they're not supposed to die. Their journey is not done yet. So I always caution people, are you sure this is your checkout point? Are you sure this is going to work? Even if you think it's not going to work, it would work. And it doesn't. You're going to be stuck with the end result. And then you hear about these cute little um, actress that she took her son into the lake, rent a boat, and she jumped in to help him up on the ladder. And then she drowned. It wasn't suicide. It was meant to be that moment. And she was just a darling person. I think she was in the, the singing shows, Cheers, not Cheers, some of the shows. Like I said, I don't watch TV, so it's kind of like I can't remember. I just got clips of it. Sometimes our hearts just break. Can you imagine my grandmother, I, after uh, in her 80s, uh, late 70s, early 80s, before she had a stroke, I pick her up and take her to do her, errands and we go into a bank i remember this it was like in the town and country village area there was a bank and that was her bank and she had told him enough time she would go in and say i've just lost my son well he died in 55 and and the years that she i was taking care of her was 72 to 77 78 but she was still grieving i worry about that because in some ways that death has stopped you from growing and being and becoming more. And that would be the same way. But, but tools teach you that it's okay to grieve. But if you grieve in every moment of your life, the spirit person grieves too. And we don't want them to do that. One lady who witnessed the death of her son, she, um, I got notes all the place. I got to talk faster. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, she witnesses death. And she came to me because she couldn't recover. And I said, how often do you witness his death? A thousand times. Your son is a spirit man. He's looking at you grieving. I want you to tell me, how many times did he die? Once. You're making your spirit child know that you're reliving that death over and over. And the other thing I'll speak to is I did talk about this before. I had this wonderful opportunity to work in Tombstone, Arizona for a year. What an adventure. I loved it. I lived in Sierra Vista and the military base was there. And I can't tell you what it was because it's very secretive. <laughs> but this young woman, military, I ended up reading a whole command. It was like 30, 40 people come in one at a time. My friend came in. And I go, oh, really? You don't know what this is about? Well, sit down. Anyway, this young woman came in. And this is very important for you to understand, too, is that a lot of you may have children that died that you saw the damage of their body. 
oh, we did do this because uh, a young lady wrote in and then all of a sudden another, a spirit woman showed up, a, a young woman, yeah. a teenager showed up and said, and said that she had been damaged and her sister, somebody in the room was listening. Right, and that right, was, right, right. that was, that was something. Well, anyway, this young t military girl comes in typical in the uniform, you know, camouflage looking thing. And the dead man walked it with her. And I looked at him, I went, Ugh. he had been blown up. So he came in blown up together, but still blown up. And I said, are, are you come in to talk about a young man that got damaged in military action? And her eyes got big as saucers and she was just a sweet young thing. I would say mid twenties, blonde hair also that one girl. So if you hear this, let me know what you're doing, how you're doing. And she sat down and I described him and he said to me, have her remember. Well, anyway, they were in patrol and he was in the Jeep ahead of her and it got blown up. It was her job to pick up his body parts and put it into a bag to take it back to camp. She was helping. So terrible. And he said to me, have her remember our breakfast. What an interesting comment. And I said, where you where you had the encampment before you went on patrol, he wants you to remember breakfast. And they had pancakes and everybody was it was a great breakfast. And he was sitting across from her. And he said, Remember me then, because your memory of me being damaged, I have to produce that look around you because you won't let me look whole and healthy. Those are the problems that spirit people have with us. Their death was instantaneous. They didn't feel anything. If you're dying of a condition, they're going to make sure you don't feel anything. I've had spirit people tell me, I just went to sleep and it was like a little fluff and it was gone. Um, there's a lot of stories about people in every situation. I had, I had a story I read about a little boy. Uh, no, it was a, a, somebody told me this about a grandson who died and came back. And he was telling them that he was going to take a trip. He did recover. It was quite serious illness. And um, he got on a train. And people were getting off here and there. And he got off thinking it was okay. And he got off. All he saw was animals. And he said, this really tall man told me it was the wrong stop for me. And I went, got back on the train. And they wouldn't let me off, but they take, brought me back home. Melvin, Dr. Melvin Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S, I believe wrote a book about uh, children in the light, I think it's called. And in February of 92, and Pat has given me permission, that might be the same story some of you have heard. Pat gave me, um, I was at a, a psychic fair in 92 February, and she wanted to talk about her daughter having died the prior year from leukemia. And she was very young, an older teenager, and that's all. And, she, and the visual I got was the mom sitting there and just, clutching her hand because she didn't want to release her and I put my mind to time and I went back to that day and I saw the woman the girl in bed but her spirit had lifted up out of the body very easily the portal above the headboard shown a landscape on the other side and this woman she didn't know but she called her an angel someone of of light it was holding her right hand but mom was holding her left hand and wouldn't let go and she said to me, tell mom to let go. 
Don't. Sorry. And I said to Pat, I said, Pat, you had to let go because you were holding her from going on. Well, that was my question was, you know, in order for spirit kind to progress to their next stages, we can't hold them back. They have to be. No. Let, they you, have to we have to allow them. Yeah. To take the next step. And that's hard when you have a child. It's hard to say. So let me finish this because that one show, maybe there's people watching this. Sure. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. So, so this is a quandary. So think about this because I am now talking more and more. Uh, Dr. Brian Weiss, W-E-I-S-S, wrote a book, Only Healing Through Time, where you heal the past to heal the future. And I believe this because this was an astounding moment and I've never forgot. That's why I tell so many stories over and over. I said to Pat, you have got to, in this vision, I said to her, you have got to let go of her hand so she can go on. She let go of her hand and the spirit then was able to leave. What came first? My telling her to leave, to let go of the hand? Or all this time later, she held that woman, that child's hand for so long, what really did happen? But in that visual, I'm seeing Pat I'm talking to the living one right lady in front of me. Pat, you held on so tight, let go. And in the vision, the mom let go. And that was a year or so earlier. There seems to be some correlation from entering time and talking to the person in the past while they're sitting in front of you because they're accessing their own memory as I'm accessing the very same time. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I believe now, if you have a situation in life, You've done something, your shame, whatever. Go back and relive that and forgive or ask for forgiveness. That will heal that moment so that you can go forward. The paradox of that is when you come forward and you are renewed because you did that, that domino has set up in time and come to this point and caught up. How many times have we done that and not known we did it, but we're living the result of it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Make your head twirl around. I now believe that's true. That's unbelievable to me. Pat let go to finish that thought. So when that happened, she said, thank you. And she lifted her body and she looked up at the lady. I'll call it just a lady because she wasn't eight, 12 feet tall. I think the angel people, the higher levels are just tremendous. And she went through and she said to me, Tell my mother it's beautiful here. The air, the light, it's so golden with a hint of pink. I was like, well, that's interesting. You know, like I question everything. Mm -hmm. So I told Pat that and it was golden with a hint of pink. Melvin Morris wrote the book, um, what I said earlier, Children of the Light, something, one of those. And I was reading the book and on, open it up on my left side, I was reading down. Same thing happened to, it was like the first 50 pages. It was on the left side. You can find it if you want. And in that book, he writes of a young man that gives a message to his parents. And he said, it's so beautiful here. It's golden with a hint of pink. Exact same words that Pat's daughter had told me years earlier before I was able to write, read the book. Hmm. Exact same words. So there is a sameness. Now, the quandary of it is, 
in uh, the late 90s, I was in a house off of Ferrox Boulevard and uh, Old Auburn. Uh, my husband, first husband and I were doing flipping homes before it was popular for me on TV. <laughs> so after my divorce, of course, I found something that needed a lot of work and I lived living. It was a darling little people, little house and people go, you know, the white picket fence in front. It was like cutesy, cutesy. Everything's just, anyway, too much detail. I love that little house. And um, so at the end of the 90s, you know what? This part of getting older is that short-term memory where you're going to talk about something. And... <laughs> Can you remember what I was going to speak about? Anybody a mind reader out there? I'm not. Oh, shoot. Uh, so in the late 90s, I was having client come over. And there was two situations that really amazed me. One came over and talked to me about a man who had passed over. And she believed in the afterlife. And she asked me, what is he doing? Like, is he hunting? Is he camping? Is he? And when I uh, had a conversation, first I noticed he was outside. And he was camping. And he said to me, it's so beautiful here. Look. And he turned around and let me see through his eyes a landscape unbelievable. It was like a valley, like in the primitive million years ago look with the mountains in the background. It felt real crisp and clean and pure. And he says, this is where I'm at. Tell her. And of course, it fit his personality. And it was really um, like sometimes people will show me what they call um, and what dreams may come. There's a place where he is sitting down with the guide he's with. And they're looking across a valley over a bridge and there's a, a celestial castle, celestial heaven. And I have seen that number of times, but I don't know where it is. It's almost like I can always feel it. I, I feel if I go like that and it doesn't matter where I'm sitting because then I'll adjust my hand and go, it's there. And I think it's the consciousness of so many thousands, millions of people. It's like if a million people were all thinking red ball. And they were looking at a fountain in the middle and they were all standing around. Pretty soon a red ball would show up because your conscience create, created that. I think this, the afterlife, the castle, the, um, the buildings, whatever it is that's up there, that is a self-created desire to have that structure. Because in the spirit world, I don't know how, there's no factories. There's no labor. There's nobody that's going to chisel away and make it. I think it's self a mental projection of desire for a building to be there. I remember I had a, a waking, a dream and my mother's oldest brother's wife passed away. And in the dream, I, I was able to visit my aunt. Um, it's okay. Julie, if I say that, I guess. And she was um, an Italian and she loved beautiful things. She was a war bride you know, met her after the war. And I walked in her house. It was all marble. And I thought to myself, oh, of course, it's just like her. <laughs> Let's have marble everywhere. <laughs> and I said, I woke up thinking she liked that kind of thing. She had beautiful things all around her. So of course it would be marble. You know, think about your afterlife. How would you like to create it? I've said some fun stories, but I kind of wanted to talk about some things that are also, um, we talk about the moment of death. I had a gentleman 
Pat, this is also Pat's family. Her daughter was engaged to a fella had just purchased a car without the roof and was a square, smaller, boxier one. Remember this 92, this is prior to 92 uh, by a few years or whatever. It was one of those deaths that, um, that it was impactive at the time, but it taught me something that death can be so fast. Well, they had just come out with, um, there was cassettes and when did CD come out? But I remember in this vision, he was putting music into the console and he was looking down and he was around the mountain bends. He was traveling for a job and he had one of those newer, nicer, expensive car type with no hood. And he looked up and it was over. And he was thrown, as in the movie, Doctor Strange. The impact was so forceful that it threw his spirit completely out of his body. And of course, it was mountainous. There's no down. There's nothing. And so this lightweight car hitting this big, guess who won? And I remember him in the air. And, and he looked around. He was just dumbfounded. And it was like there was no pain. There was um, instantaneous removal from his body. There was a movie that came out, my gosh, it's such a long time, Heaven Can Wait. In fact, they made two of them. And the other first one was by Shirley MacLaine's brother. And he was a very handsome man, a lot of movies. And the angel came down and in this tunnel, he had been riding a bike and there had been a vehicle that was going to hit him. And the angel said, he doesn't have to be here for that. I'll just pluck him out of there. And that does happen. The trouble was he plucked him too soon. I have seen that so many times where the spirit won't have left the body. Like earlier, I talked about a, a man who had been dying and he floated above his body. And as soon as the heart stopped, he sunk down in the body because he wasn't wanting to leave. No pain, no suffering, but he wasn't. And he did it three times. So there was a murder of a woman. The family came to visit me. And I, I don't like doing murder, but I've seen enough of them that maybe I don't want to do that. It's not my calling. Um, if there's a lot of people do that, that's fine. But this woman lived by herself in the forest, the woods, uh, could have been Placerville, Grass Valley. I mean, Auburn could have been any of those locations. And it had been a while back and it wasn't like a lot of population. She'd been in her backyard and she had been, guy had come in unexpected and hit her. And he uh, pulled her by her arms or legs, I can't remember, into a shed. And he closed the door and he started beating her to death because his, he was going to do other things to her. And, and I was saying this to the family and they didn't give him any lead of what really happened. And he was just beating her and beating her. And the sister walked in the dead sister, which I described to the family and they go, Oh my God, she had the sister. Yes, you're right. And she reached her and he says, honey, you don't have to be here for this. And she's pulled her out. And what was curious with that death, she wouldn't let the sister, the newly dead or going to be dead sister look. And she put her arm around the sister that was being murdered. And she says, we're going to walk this way. You don't have to look at this because I'm going to take care of you. And sometimes that kind of trauma, when they think about it, you'll hear me say to some people, he didn't want to die. He wasn't ready. He fought it. So the family is clustering around that person. They're taking care of him. And, and how many readings, how many people have talked to me, even Shar taught me, talked to me 
about who greeted her relatives and I would describe them. Mm -hmm. Because 99% of the time, there is somebody there, even if you don't see immediately. So with the guy that was driving around the bend, poof, like this, there was a man up there that far away. You can see my hands like this. <laughs> They're far apart like this. The crash is to here. And up here was a man waiting for him to stop flying through the air. Now, we always have somebody. 9-11, three hours difference. I'm up late a lot. So sometimes I don't wake up until 7.30, 8 o'clock. Lately, it's been earlier, 6.30. I'm getting to where I'm not out at night entertaining like I used to in the Sacramento. Client New York. Call me, call me, call me. So I, I thought, well, who's bothering me so early in the morning? I'm not even going to listen. So I listened to the message and he was yelling into the phone. We've been attacked. We've been attacked. So I turned it on and the first tower had been hit. The second tower gets hit and I have this feeling of heavy dread feeling. Oh, geez. When the first tower, I hope your relatives, you're okay with this. When the first tower started to fall, I felt like my spirit and everything I am about was sucked into the TV. I was being pulled like like a compression. Uh, wow. <laughs> I was being sucked in because the spirits that were greeting those people were rushing into the building. They weren't there all the time. Maybe some of them, but that like this. And as a falling, then I was thrown back into my chair. Because how I did that was like I do readings for everybody. I'm part of the scene. I might have been part of somebody in the crowd. But because I'm so sensitive, I could not not experience that. So I called the gentleman back and we talked about it. And I says, I had the most unusual. And I didn't understand. 9-11. I mean, that was a long time ago. It was when I was living in the Farrokes house, if anybody remembers visiting me there. Old Auburn and Fair Oaks. Um, and it was a turning point for everything. But it, for me, and I've heard a lot of people say they had dreams. Um, it was amazing the number of people that didn't go to work that day. They had that, nah, I don't feel good. Yeah, let's, let's take a day off. Let's just not go to work. And instead of anybody in the audience know this, like 3,000 people didn't go to work that day. Really? And the people that got out in time were meant to get out. I don't like that because if it had been my husband, my spouse, my wife, my grandmother, father, whoever, I've been hopping mad because I grieve also for people. And I have to catch myself and say, oh, wait a minute, I'm a human being. I grieve too. And I have to collect myself and say, wait a minute, I do this for a living. I can't grieve. I grieve for people all the time. TV, I, those 19 babies, I tell you, I cried for two days. Because I was feeling the pain of those parents. But it doesn't get to where what I do and that realization that we cannot stop what's meant to be. And why is that? Maybe we need to regroup here in America. Maybe that is something I can't explain because it's so, listen, I'm getting emotional as it is. Every time there's a shooting where people are involved, especially little babies, I'm a woman, I've got children, grandchildren, great grandchildren. It's hard. And that's the hardest thing when listening to someone like me with a topic that excites me, excuse me, excites her. She's great like that. It's because we get to survive. 
And 999% of the time, death is so quick. If you're stabbed or shot and you're, and you're in a conflict, um, Sal Minio, I know you don't know who he is, but I remember him as a darling young man. And he was very innocent and he walked into a situation and they, they stabbed him. And I was so grieving when I heard that. And he must have had that feel of terror that I'm being stabbed. That's, that's, a, that's a horror, but it's over in seconds. And when he, when he did pass, a grandmother, I'm picking it up right now, a grandmother did greet him and says, you honey, you're going to be okay because we're going to take care of you. So in the most violent moments, you're either quickly taken out of your body, but if it's when seconds, like heaven can wait, you're taken out before the event. Sometimes I don't know how soon they can get to it, you know, but I know that there's always somebody around us. You're not just alone. Now, I did do some research today and found some clips of around the world of spirits leaving the bodies. Quite curious. So when I went to a psyche fair, it was in Southern California somewhere, and I drove along with the coast. It was great. And there was a quiet day. You know, I call a holiday when no one's calling me, right? I have a day off. So there was like four or five, six tables, and there was women sitting there, and it's right in front of me was a lady reading a gentleman. And I'd never seen this before, but her spirit came, like I'm watching, and everybody's looking at me going, what is she looking at? <laughs> her spirit came up out of her body to connect with him and went into his back. Seemed like a long way to go, right? right. And I looked at her and I went, maybe I'm not supposed to try look at people leaving their body to do the reading, but I knew she was like me. I'm a direct, I go right into somebody. I feel like I leave my body from my chest, from here, like this. So people say to me, oh, but I feel spirit. I feel it in my face or I feel it in my back. Well, guess where, how, where your portal is? Where you feel it is where you entered when you came to your flesh the first time. You leave by the same way. And people said to me, oh, I saw that spirit person, as in the movie Ghost, leaving the hospital this way. Some people leave from the top of their head, some from their chest. However you are most sensitive is usually the in and the outs. It is universal. If you said, well, Nancy, I never heard it that way. Well, with my eyes, I've seen it almost every way possible. And so some of these clips, you'll see people live out of their body different ways. I hope I include the one of the woman in the hospital bed at night. And it's from Malaysia somewhere. And you can see her lift out her body and float away. Now, her vibration is similar to flesh. It's heavier. So you're not going to see the spirit people in pure form who are there for her. Because as you get out of your body, I had a man who had just been dead by a few minutes. And Dick and I would call him. He'd call me. I said, Dick, are you calling from heaven yet? <laughs> I'm not. And he would call me and say, I'm not in heaven. So I'm just talking. So he came to visit me right after he died by a minute. And he filled the room of death. He was so thick. I thought the man had come for me. I said, death, I'm not ready for you. <laughs> like I can argue it, right? And when he left the room after I told him, I says, oh, I'm so glad you're free. He'd had a stroke. It was just awful. I, he was a nice man. And he left, but he bushed by me. And he was thick. And it, it was a, a stickier feeling because it was so newly dead. But as spirit people are in spirit longer, 
it's hard for them to remember what pair of shoes they had on. Now, don't look at your floor. Those who have socks on, what color are they? Can you imagine 20, 30, 50 years? I'm trying to, I have socks on. It's a storm up here. 55 was our high today, right? Oh, they're black. <laughs> Sphere people the same way. When they evolve and they become more pure and they go, I understand my life. I understand my death. I understand my role. I understood my purpose. You are freed up from the human compoundancy that makes us who we are. Your vibration is lighter. So when people say, I saw an orb, I saw a mist, woof, they're all different vibrations. Sometimes a mist will come into the room and all it is is a wavering of the light. And you've seen that. That's because that person no longer intends to hold the form of prior to death. They don't want to hold this flesh together. Ugh. Ooey gooey meaty mess. This body is for experiencing life, not necessarily to keep the form forever. So okay. the vibration, oops, an hour and 20 minutes. We got 10 minutes left. Um, this this could go on. I, I mean, yes. I have pages here. Did you hear the pages <laughs> of notes? I try to cover it like an umbrella of ideas so that this compels you to be more curious. Am I 100% right on everything? I hope not. I don't want that pressure. I can only relay what I know 32 years every day. How many people is that? Yes, there's a lot of free time too. Family, friends, Shar, and everybody else, but also clientele. I can't even imagine how many tens of thousands readings, let alone, I'm going to cover my class too, um, pet psychic. <laughs> I used to, I used to work for a, um, an agent. What was he? A contractor. Remember when uh, it was um, the nineties, mid nineties, and they had these pipes in the walls that need to be replaced. Those contractors, builders out there. And so he would ask me before he'd go into a house to inspect to see if they had the proper piping before they sold it. I would tell him what walls to look on. Can you imagine me hired to that? People would hire me to evaluate which horse or which dog. I have a couple ladies in Loomis. They uh, bred horses and they want to know the foal that's going to be born or was born. Was it going to be competitive or not? And I would tell about the personality well, this is a little hot shit. This is going to love those races. And they would know that I'm telling the truth because of the personality. So there's all kinds of things that we can do. But on the side, the idea that we do survive, what a miracle. Whether you believe it, you want to, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen. So in Fair Oaks, Auburn Boulevard, and old Auburn Boulevard and Fair Oaks Boulevard, I had a very famous man come to me. He came in with a student who had a lot of books. And before the student got really comfortable with me, he was going to talk about all kinds of, I can't remember. I just remember he had came up with these big books. I thought, <laughs> what is this going to be about? I'm not in the mood for reading. This very high profile scientist leaned over on the table and he said to me, tell everybody I was wrong. So a few years later, Professor Gary Swartz and I were talking. And I said, you won't believe who visited me after he died. And Professor Gary Swartz is the one in programming uh, the soul phone and IANDS program. It's a very, it's a big organization for 
near-death studies and the soul phone so we can talk to the dead and it's just a wonderful organization and he's part of it he actually is one creating the soul phone so professor gary swartz and he's the one that gave me the double blind study it was like fabulous and he thought you know wonderful wonderful and i told him this story of this man that leaned over the desk and he says tell everybody i was wrong because he was an atheist and he looked at me he says ah i go what and he says, you're the third medium that I have tested that have told me this man has shown up to say that he was wrong. <sighs> Just think about that. What a, what a wonder. I can't make it up, especially when Professor Gary Swartz has been on Coast to Coast and every show possible to talk about survival and create electronic phone to call to the dead. He would never have told me if it didn't really happen. And I don't know if I have the rights of the family to say so, who it was. That mm -hmm. I told Gary, Professor Gary Swartz, at <laughs> first name basis, right? Let's drop some names here. So, and we've got four or five minutes left. Um, I have a YouTube. Go Nancy Matt Psychic. I'm loading up all the Shar show. And she will get credit if you want to go back and see which ones I was on with her. And hit the subscribe and the same with her tonight. And that little thumbs up, hit that too if you enjoyed us. If you didn't enjoy us, she says, says that, then tell some friends also. Yeah, and if you're watching on Facebook, please uh, follow. If you're watching on Twitch, please follow. And, of course, on YouTube, please uh, subscribe or share it with people you know because we, you know, we're trying to get the word out more and more about what we're doing here. We're trying to help people. We're trying to – oh, look at my mic. Just oh, stay there. We're trying, to, <laughs> we're trying to educate. We're trying to do all kinds of stuff here. And, you know, it's not all about – the, the paranormal well it is about the paranormal but it's also about educating people yep 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 i think education is a good word but i would also say to have less fear in your life right i right, live right. differently i know we survive it doesn't mean my life is a lot easier at times but what it means is i don't lay in bed at night thinking of oblivion it is a waste of my energy to worry about the afterlife it's a, a it's a very uplifting feeling. And people who are very religious and go to churches have similar feelings. Mm -hmm. But I have dealt with people who have died. And I know that there's some that will pick a body soon because they didn't accomplish or didn't be the person they wanted to be. And that's okay too. But most of them are so grateful to be able to survive. And they, and they are around us all the time. And Char knows, I tell her, well, guess, she'll call me, who's been on the couch where the dogs are looking at him? I said, that was your yeah. dad, and he doesn't show up very often. That just happened a couple of days ago. Yeah, happened a couple of nights ago. You know, the other thing, too, is Nancy deals with this all the time. I don't deal, I haven't ghost hunted in a while because COVID hit, and then I got busy trying to put this together and stuff. We're getting back out there. Yeah. But the more you study this, the more you look into this, the more, and I hate to say it, relaxed with death you are, but it makes you more relaxed with death because you realize that death is not final. It's, it's not the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's something to, it's something to not be, be afraid of unless, I mean, I could see it if you were a very bad person in your life, you know, and, and there's things you have to. There are people afraid. Afterwards, yeah. Another but, show, another yeah. show, everybody. Another, another <laughs> night for another show, you guys. But I mean, if, 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 you, if you lived a normal life and, you know, everybody makes mistakes anyway, it doesn't matter. We're not perfect. You really don't have anything to fear. There's just, a, I, I think the buildup, like even with my mother, and you talk about not being prepared for people to die or, you know, to yeah. die in your circle. 
But like with my mother, and I hate to say that her her sicknesses and everything towards the end were a good thing. But from my perspective, it was okay because when she did go, I was ready for it. You were it, grieving also along with her her decline. Yeah. You were grieving right. was, missing was grieving along with that decline. Yeah. yeah. My father, yeah. the same thing. So it yeah, both of them. Up. You know, yeah. So in a way, you know, it helped. I'm not saying everybody should go through that because <laughs> it's miserable to go through, but that helped a lot. Now, when I went through in December, through the through mid February, that 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 was something to behold. It was just uh, who was that? I had lost a couple of friends. I was lost that Monica? Cancer, you're talking about cancer, and then my brother passed away, and then my uncle mm -hmm. passed away. It is a shock. I'm, I'm not denying that. Old, I lost my dog. <laughs> I had lost a dog the previous July. That's a family member for you, for yeah. sure. And then in February, I lost my best. I lost one of my best friends. And then I just lost a cousin. Right. A couple months ago. So I mean, that's that kind of thing that's unexpected. That you, and that mm. you, know, you know, that 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 hits you hard. My friend was kind of expected. She told me back a year before that that she was planning on, on, on. Pull on, you know, on, on the whole DNR thing where she didn't, you know, where she didn't, she's just too oh, sick. A directive, medical directive. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it came as a shock because she was planning for March instead of February. So when she went in February, it kind of turned me around there for a while, you know, because I wasn't expecting it in February. Yes, yes. You know, but I mean, but there are times when, like I said, with my mom and dad, and, they, and they've had a sickness and death comes, it, you, you, you've already grieved and expected it. Yeah, and so yeah. It makes it, I mean, it's still sad and all. It's still time. hard. It's the unexpected that I deal with a lot, because ha people haven't had a, a point where they could resolve their issues. You know, it might be interesting to have this as a follow up for next week. Yeah, yeah. those who uh, maybe had murder, we could talk about that, or we could have call-ins of people who recently had someone die, and maybe I could describe who greeted them. Yeah, yeah. There's other aspects of this that we didn't kind of didn't talk right, about right um but it's really hard when you have a closure in your life of these people passing away my mother didn't die she died in 09 yeah so and over time have missed her more and that is my humanness because she has actually shown up a couple of times in my life and it was on stage and sierra vista i was doing a group past life regression i had a big like learning exchange up here they had it down there and there was a whole room filled of people that were going to do a past life regression. Mm -hmm. And she, she showed up right on stage. My, my mother really had the really, really dark brown, almost black hair with the black eyes. And she had black eyebrows and lots of eyelashes. But she was built like the English side of the family, but she had the color of my, my mother's mother. And she showed up and she was like 20 years old. And the f eyes were clean and flashing and and unfortunately, I wasn't expecting. I looked over and there she's looking at me with her eyes and her beautiful face all around her. And I almost fell off the stage. And she was so happy. And I forget that she's loving being there. And all the relatives and the travel she always wanted to do. I'm sure she's doing everything. But what it did for me was made me excited that she she really enjoyed my doing this once she accepted it. And uh, I entertained Port in Oregon, she lived before she moved to Seattle, be near my sister, seven story building. And 
um, I entertained a group of people there. And she was the woman to talk to for the next month. She was very popular. Oh, is that your daughter? Oh, my God. And um, she enjoyed after that to watch this in demonstration with groups. Mm -hmm. And so when I was on stage, knowing I was doing a past life regression, which could be done for another night, I don't know if I ever talked with this group or not. Um, there she was. And it startled me so much, I just backed off and almost fell off the stage. It was like, and she was loving it. And if she could love it like that, she could have never done it in flesh. Mm -hmm. She had a lot of, she had, um, her spine broke down because she had osteoporosis. So, but uh, 801, okay, Char, do your ending. I'm sorry. Keep tomorrow, my mouth night, tomorrow night, Nancy's going to be back, but we're not going to be here. We're going to be over at California Haunts Ghostly Events tomorrow night doing a Facebook Facebook Live. And what that is, it's a special event night because instead of doing a quickie, I'm going to throw it, instead of doing a quickie one or two minute reading, Nancy's going to do five minute reading on people that are that, 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 that join into that. That's a private mm -hmm. event, which means we're not going to go live for anybody else to see. It's just going to be the people that are involved in the event. Okay? And that's over at California Haunts Ghostly Events. You, in order to participate, you have to go over to that page. You have to like the page. And then take it from there. Right, maybe you ought to put a link on the bottom here. Yeah, hang on, you guys. Just uh, let me get this link up for you. You can go over there. Just give me a minute. Uh, the readings are $10.99 each, but you're getting a full five minutes. Let me get a link to the event up over there. And if we book up, then we'll have another night and tell everybody who signs up gets talked to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we mm -hmm. go. Somebody talk. Nancy talk. So I can get this up. I want to bring up people who are watching this. If you wait until it's in playback, you click on the or look at your screen, look down to where it says share. And there's three lines share and then more. I think it's more. Click on that and you'll see something transcript. If you click on that, everything we say will show up in print right next to you. So sometimes when we are talking, Sometimes I talk too fast. I realize that if you're trying to hurry and copy, maybe you could go back to the written and get it from there. It's an amazing um, thing. I watched one of the videos. And I says, oh, my gosh, that's the most exciting thing I've learned. on these. <laughs> I've learned too many programs lately. It's like, oh, no, I don't know where you're going putting that. But so that will be at what time tomorrow night? Seven o'clock? 7 p.m. tomorrow. Yeah, 7 p.m. And that's a Saturday night, everybody. Yeah, and that's and, uh, uh, the California Haunts. I'm getting the lead for you, the, the link for you now. Is that scrolling or is that going to be on the page somewhere? I'm going to put it down in the text file and in the, in the text answers right now as soon as I get it here. Okay. Oh, here we are. Let me go get this. I can get the proper link. I know we're running really late, everybody. I, I appreciate your patience with us. I uh, lose track of time very easily. <laughs> So let me see. If I get a link I've been at so many conferences and they say, you know, they say, oh, we're going to have you have to talk two hours. With me, they say, you I'm only right, get two hours. <laughs> There's a link to the event. Okay. And like I said, you have to like the page because what happened was is Facebook set this stuff up and they set it up on a page that I don't normally use. <laughs> so when Facebook gave the okay to do these events, so. I have to like get everybody over there to do these special events. So there you okay. go. There's the link. Just click on that link. It'll take you over there. Like the page. 
and you can sign up from there. But like I said, it's ten ninety nine for a five minute reading, and you know how Nancy can gap. So she will, so she will be able to get a lot in for that five minutes. And then yeah. if, if there's not a lot of people in this, we have five spots left open. Oh, I'm sorry, four spots left open. Is it three or four? Well, four spots left open. Um, but uh, you know, if, if if we don't fill all eight spots because there's only eight spots for this, then you might get a longer reading too. Uh, make sure that you put your thoughts down on paper. When someone calls me up and wants a session, even for 15 minutes, I said, it goes really fast. Please right. write down what you want and then write one more question. Because the last thing I want, and this has happened dozens and dozens of times. Oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. You got me so we talked about this and that. And the one question I wanted was, do you have another five or 10 minutes well, if you yeah. think of all the people I talk to and they just catch me off guard and they say, I want you to talk to you right now, just five or 10 minutes, that geeks up a lot of time because we kind of have to adjust ourselves. Right. I have to calm my mind down to access you, put my life force out, then talk about that person, go into their time, eat you up, eat you up. So put your thoughts down, mm -hmm. get what you want from me and the time that you have. Um. Okay, young lady, anything else? I think that's I? it. I think we're done. You're done? Yeah. So she's going to put on the screen my locations. I have uh, two websites. Yeah, it'll and, open up. It, 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 and, okay. So, yeah, I want to thank everybody for coming. It's Friday night, and uh, we had a good talk. Next, month, next week we'll have another good talk. And uh, and see if, if you guys want to come over and do those readings tomorrow. That would be great. Um, in fact, if we something different, because I'm going to be on the other computer in the big studio. So... It ought to be a challenge tomorrow, <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who, whoever comes in tomorrow. And uh, it's just a special event we're going to do for fun. We're, it's kind of like a test run for what we're doing, you know, for for future yeah. stuff tomorrow. Because I don't even know how it's going to work out or anything like that. But uh, we'll see. Because I like 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 to give you an idea. The, the Facebook's glitchy with this particular camera. I use this webcam for this computer. It doesn't like it. And the webcam that built into this computer is a POS. So I have to use my my other computer, which is really slow, <laughs> even though it's a great computer once it gets going, but it's slow. Yeah. Up. So it ought to be an interesting night. So it, it, I have a couple of computers. One is a lot slower. It's older. Yeah. yeah. And this know, other so. one is, is, is a higher tech computer than this one, which is what kills me about it. But that's life. Anyway, that's I'm life. Gonna see you guys tomorrow and Monday, just to give you an idea, Sunday, I'm going to be reading. In fact, Lizzie Borden's heating up. <laughs> Maurice is the one that mentioned that it's getting real dark because uh, the writer takes you into Lizzie Borden's head. <gasps> so she's killed her. She's killed her stepmother. So now we're at the part where she's where she's going to kill her father. But I mean, she literally took you and takes you into the head and, and Lizzie's thoughts for all this stuff. It's really <laughs> into the mind of a murderer. So it's an interesting book. So I'll be doing that Sunday, Monday for everybody that's into cryptids. I'm going to be talking to Stan Gordon, who has done a lot of study on Thunderbirds. Ooh, ooh. So he's going to be on that Monday. topic you hear every day. Yeah, he'll be on Monday at 6.30. So we got a lot going on. And again, the 23rd is our 200th show. So we're going to hold off and celebrate on the 24th. It should be Friday with Nancy. And we're going to be doing some things and have some kind of some cool giveaways. Oh, next Friday. Yeah, it's coming up. Came up fast. I didn't think I'd be on this particular format for 200 shows when I started, but here we are, right? Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. You never know. You never know all the changes that happened. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that. And so if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, 
share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. We want the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're good, you know? And again, please subscribe to YouTube if you haven't already. Or if you're on Facebook, please uh, hit that follow button. And uh, same thing with Twitch and uh, wherever else we're watching, and TikTok and all those other good places. Ooh, and, your uh, voice. Huh? You know, something was going on with the computer. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird thing. So to, uh, you're getting tired, honey. We got we got to cut off the air. The people are going to go fall asleep. Sleep. Yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna I'm gonna let you go and see you guys hopefully tomorrow. And again, there's there's five spots left open over there. I found out. And uh, so hopefully we see you tomorrow. But here I'm gonna go ahead with Nancy sitting here. And I'm gonna flash her. I mean, I'm gonna flash her information. Here we go. Watch this. Here we go. Whoop. Websites. NancyMats.com. NancyMatsAuthor.com and the N and the M and the A is capitalized. YouTube.com forward slash NancyMatsPsychic and the books. Help get me out of this funk. Two worlds. Developing your psychic skills. I heard that. <laughs> and the unwilling sacrifice. And Amazon.com. And back to my lovely face. Back to my lovely face. <laughs> Finally, there it is. Back to our lovely faces. <laughs> anyway, I will see you guys. So, so I will see some of you tomorrow. And if not, I'll see you Sunday and Monday. Have a good okay. weekend, everybody. Good night, everyone.